0: You're listening to the ON60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the ON60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now, here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward.
1: Episode 40 of the ON60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. And as I do it every 10 episodes, shout out to the man providing us with this awesome music, Mohawk Radio alum, Jonathan Howe. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter, Jonathan On Air.
0: Gordy, yeah, Gordie I, think I, every, I think I do that every every ten episodes. dude. Gordy, do you, you see John That's Scott's video
1: about no hitting? No, he's like, I made my money off of doing that. You know, I hit with my elbow up, and then he's like, Gordy, <laughs> I'm like, hey,
0: can you can you imagine Bob Probert no hitting? <laughs> Wendell Clark, no Bob hitting. Probert would Defense.
1: No one would know who Bob Probert was if that was a thing.
0: Yeah, like that'd be crazy. Like every original six team has that guy that just. Randy mickey Radman. yeah <laughs> had to drop mickey the godfather, mickey scored of, detroit 50 detroit, the godfather of detroit hockey the godfather detroit hockey everyone loves mickey that's a new show <laughs>
1: very true uh so yeah uh, again jonathan on air on instagram and twitter the man behind our intro music and break music
0: thanks, thanks johnny awesome yeah
1: uh, uh, uncle gordy yeah we got an uh we got another shout out uh episode number 24 guest, Mike Stubbs with a brand Friday. new London night show. What a on show. AM 980 CFPL in London.
0: It's a great show. Friday nights, Friday nights, K-N-I-G-H-D. It's great. I mean, I listen to it on Friday, 6 to 8 PM every Friday night. It's really good. I mean, yeah, this past week on Friday, he had Mark Hunter, their general manager. He had the commissioner, Dave Branch, and it was really good. He had Mitchell Stevens talking about the bubble in the Stanley Cup, it was pretty good. I mean, nobody has a better intro in radio than Mike Stubbs. The way he, the way he started the show about he always has a history lesson to current days, and he, he caught me off guard because I had no idea the Budweiser Gardens was built for the five thousand in the lower bowl. They didn't even plan. They planned to curtain that top bowl off, but they just kept selling out. And I mean, now there's no curtain necessary. Yeah, I. I thought that was pretty cool, and I mean, he always says like he always has a story about people walking up the tracks on the other side of the Budweiser Gardens, making the trek up yep. to the, the get front gate, got people eating in the market pregame, all those cool stories. I, I thought that was pretty cool to start. I mean, it makes you miss hockey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't he have uh, Jim Van Horn on? As
0: yep, well? Jim Van, yep. Jim Van Horn as well. Jake Jeffrey as well. Yeah, talked, yep. they talked about local London guys in the Junior B season and the jet, which was interesting there as well.
1: Yeah, the GOJHL also looking to have fans uh, in those buildings that are able to have them, I should Kyle, say, when they start also, their season.
0: Also, Kyle Grimar was on there as well. He's their in-game uh, host for the London Knights. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I think he
1: does London Major stuff too.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. Probably, so. probably uh, gets to talk to you a fair bit. with the Red Sox.
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of London – Majors fans, but yeah, you know, I tried
0: to talk you into that one, and it worked.
1: Man, there's a the one thing about the majors games when we're there. It's such a It's, six, loud. it's such a sick stadium to play in, oh, but um,
0: because they got like a thousand people there at every game, and it's yeah, like you got the beer in seats, dude. Like it's actually like you're playing. Yeah, well, Welland's like that too, right?
1: Yeah, Welland is pretty sick. They had a little bit more fans there when like I was there than London did, but. Mm-hmm um yeah it's always in London there's always two drunk guys behind our dugout trying to fight or chirp one of our yeah. players and it's it's like guys what are you doing here like we're not major leaguers settle down and just don't
0: like, autograph a baseball and say hey no, make, make sure you make sure you put zero 60
1: that's another Pretty thing add. that's even worse is the amount of kids that want like, our autographs and balls and like <laughs> it's man I'm not saying it's annoying but it has gotten to a certain extent where you just want to say, "Kids, shut up and go go get a major. Why aren't you asking the majors for autographs? Like, yeah. And one, one, of my, uh, uh, one of the pitchers asked that. They're like, well, go ask them for a ball or an autograph. And they're like, they said, come over here and ask you. <laughs> and we're like, well.
0: <laughs> go back over there. <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah, it's always fun going to Labatt Park and playing there.
0: Nice backdrop there, too. That downtown London with the new interlocking brick uh, streets yeah. by the arena really nice job there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got the high rises in the background and center and left field. Ooh, and yeah. It's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but enough about baseball because <laughs> there was a big general managers meeting this past Wednesday and well, I think there were a couple things to note from that. You know, of course the OHL started the season just to underplay it, I guess a little bit, but, uh, yeah. February 4th is the date. And this is all on Colin Ward because he called it. I still had January. Oh, Colin Ward was called all
0: this February. I'm just going to say I'm a team player. We're going to say this is an 0 60 effect. Ooh. Boom. Yeah, that was that's, a, that's a
1: team player move right there. Got
0: that's it. Why, you're, yeah, that's it. why
1: you're a alternate captain for the own 60 podcast. Uh, EASHL <laughs> squad.
0: <laughs> I wear that a with honor. That'll so uh, yeah, the, o- the OHL GM's meeting uh, took place last Wednesday interesting uh february 4th start kind of figured that though maybe i think at the least you could do a 30 game schedule second middle of february so you lose 10 games you go back two to three weeks i think that's the latest i think i don't think this is the last resort set schedule set up with doing this so i don't mind that um january 23rd uh training camp start it's going to be quick training camp after world juniors, kind of like we figured because guys are tired when they come back from world juniors, right? It's a, it's a drag. And it gives guys in the NHL teams to give them time to think, are are we going to keep these guys or are we going to send them back to major juniors? So that's another thing I really took away from this. Um, The European and American players, January 8th uh, for quarantine, they're supposed to come. So that's right after the world juniors. I think you said the fifth is the gold medal game, the Monday or Tuesday. Uh, then the Friday. So they'll be going right from world juniors to their team, but a lot of time to rest quarantine. You don't have nothing to do anyways.
1: Yeah. And for sure. They definitely took that into consideration. Like we had mentioned on last week's show about players coming back, say like the WHL that's starting uh, on January 8th with players coming back to their clubs to play that season is, is that enough time to have them back and whether you want to say rested for the WHL players, not quite, too big of a deal for them because the tournament is in Edmonton. It's pretty much right in the middle of the WHL. So that's not too big a factor, but then you look into the plans for having those European players and imports coming over and those American players who are considered imports, uh, just like Daniel Gushin from, uh, from the ice dogs as he's property of them. But, you know, for, to have this quarantine for these, European players to come over and uh, the Quebec major junior hockey league with a couple of, I don't know how many in particular, maybe a couple or a few coaches and GMs, like um, not being too happy about being able to have imports coming over this year. And I think Patrick wall might've been one of them uh, with the um, Quebec ramparts, but uh, to have these players come over and be a part of this league this year is definitely huge. And I think it had a big factor in determining the start date of this season and whether the quality of play on the ice would be, you know, worth it. Whereas if you didn't have those two spots for those import players, yeah, there'd be a couple more Canadians that would get that opportunity to play in this yeah, exactly season, play at this level. But at the same time, you're trying to develop a group with the best players possible. And in terms of the nights, you know, whether McMichael's back or not, uh, Luke Evangelista, depending on what Nashville decides to do with him, uh Boston, Zaid wisdom oshawa you've got all of those players there and you know the ohl or the nhl teams do want their prospects to develop at the level that they are able to play because obviously if you're just drafted or you're drafted last year you got to play in the ohl still um, you got to make it to 19 years old so um, to have them with these import players and highly touted import players that some have already been drafted. Some are expected to be drafted next year as the um, central scouting list came out with all of their prospect early ratings for the 2021 NHL draft. It's, it's a huge piece to the OHL and what they're trying to uh, accomplish by playing this season.
0: Yeah. I like, there's a lot of guys. I was thinking about this earlier on in the day. There's a lot of guys. I don't think will come back to major junior with the February start. I think I think if you start in January, I think a lot of guys come back. But I think with the NHL, and I think they'll have the expanded roster, I know the AHL is in works for a return to play, which is great for Major Junior because that means we're going to get more opportunities for guys to come back to our league, which we really appreciate. So it's going to be hard to say. But I think, though, if guys like Connor McMichael, Phil Tomasino can play a top six, top eight role on your in the forward core at the next level, they're going to do so, like how uh, Nick Robertson did for the Leafs. Then I highly doubt a Phil Tomasino or a Connor McMichael's back and Major Junior just because if they can play a top eight role they're not going to be back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, and now you don't want a guy playing on the fourth line because fourth lines is more of a grinded out line and the third line even the third line center is a very tough job in the NHL. I mean, the, that's usually the matchup line. So you might see him, you might see guys like Phil Tomasino, Connor McMichael play on that second line for teams like Washington. He was deep, but he could still fit in there on Washington. And Phil Tomasino, like we've said before, when this pandemic started, Phil Tomasino is a lock for Nashville. In my opinion, he's a lock for Nashville in the top six. I mean, I think he could, I think he could slot in on that first line and put up points right away for his first year. And that's pretty high praise to do on a good team. Yep. it's And that's what I think he can do. I think he's a playmaker. He's confident. Everyone that that's talked to Phil before knows he's confident. I mean, when he was on here, well, a few months ago now, but when he was on here, you can you can hear it in his voice. He knows what he can do. He knows what he's capable of. He knows he's going to make the NHL, and I believe he's going to. I think the only thing is stopping him is their uh, the contracts. Other than that, he's an NHL player right now, and I think he's too good for junior. And I think Nashville keeps him.
1: Yeah, well, and obviously, depending on what the NHL decides, whether they still are planning on that January 1st, despite being no, having no winter classic, uh, he has been invited to the world junior camp for the Canadians. And we'll see if we get into it, uh, this show, if not, we'll get into it next show about all of the OHLers invited 18. to hockey Canada's camp. Yeah. A lot of OHLers, which including right. Did we call that? Um,
0: hello, <laughs> Jack Armstrong, probably
1: not, but, um, yeah, I, I there's a very slim chance, in my opinion, he heads back to Oshawa just because of the shortened season. And again, we'll get into this next segment, uh, depending on mm-hmm. what the protocols are in terms of health and you know body checking and face-offs and everything that uh, the minor hockey level is doing right now. It, it's tough for me to see Nashville just say, yeah, go play another development year in Nashville and I'm, there's really no point in that because essentially if your team really isn't that good and with only four teams making it in each conference this season yeah there's a very slim chance that you will He's be playing again. very high comp- like you know tough to yeah. play very high competitive hockey and I know it's the OHL it's still going to be uh, competitive there's a lot of very good talent in this league but with only those four teams the general managers have to start looking and say okay do we really have a shot to be one of those top four teams and if we do do we try and load up for a mem cup run this season knowing full well that we're gonna suck for the next three seasons
0: yeah i i was just thinking about that too with the eight teams four from each conference that was the next on the list uh i was just thinking about that because i'm wondering if teams are gonna sell out Mm -hmm. or go all in because you have to legitimately no you can't be uncertain you have to have legitimate certainty that you're going to be able to go all in and compete for the top four in your conference it's very hard to finish in the top four you look at the west you look at the west last year you have london saginaw kitchener flint windsor think about that i mean windsor couldn't sell windsor could not go all in last year they would not be in the playoffs it would be flint kitchener saginaw london in the west which is incredible i mean that's good hockey right away mm-hmm. it, i just think for teams it's just so hard to sell out right now and it's so hard to go all in and buy when nobody really knows so i'm just wondering when the trade window will open i believe not till the season starts or at least training camp
1: yeah even beginning mid-december and again who know? do you think the trade freeze could possibly be still in yes. effect during world juniors or do they yeah. say because of this season no just trade them Trade them whenever.
0: I think there's a trade freeze for sure. I think there's a trade freeze during the quarantine as well. I mean, you don't want guys getting shipped in and out of quarantine. Mm-hmm. I think it goes right till training camp. Training camp on the 23rd, probably you'll see guys getting moved that are on the 30th. Training ca- the season starts on the 4th. Yeah. If that's my guess, when the movement will be, I don't think there'll be a lot of trades going in to the World Juniors. Maybe, maybe honestly, around December, about two weeks, about. Two weeks into December, week before Christmas, you may see something, but then the world junior uh camp starts. So it'll be interesting to see when the trades actually happen. I'm sure there will be some because I know teams like Oshawa, teams like Sioux. Yeah. I mean, Sioux St. Marie was a fifth place team, probably a bubble team. They want to put in for the Mem Cup. All of a sudden, you got to get better than the Saginaws, the Flint's, the Londons. You gotta get into the top four if you want to host the Mem Cup because then you have that whole issue again, which the CHL really wants to get rid of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds last year finished ninth in the Western Conference. Uh, just yeah. one point back of the Erie Otters for that eighth and final playoff spot. And like how you many, mentioned,
0: what's that? How, how many teams go from ninth to top four in the conference? It's very rare. Rare. Yeah, it's rare because usually you get a 16 year old in the draft who's young. He's good. He's up and coming. They got McConnell Parker. Yeah. They, I mean, it usually takes a year to get your feet wet. At least a couple months, and this year it's so important for teams to get that running start, be ready for the season. And the teams with the most guys going to World Juniors, I think it helped a lot because those guys are their key guys are playing competitive hockey already. They're not just skating scrimmaging against each other.
1: Yeah, and they're playing
0: playing against Russia in a gold medal game. (laughs) Yeah, you're ready. You're ready (laughs) to come back to play a guy that's been sitting on the couch rematch again. That'd be wild. Um, Yeah, Yeah. you mentioned about
1: when do we see those bottom three, possibly four teams move up into the top four? And, you know, we talked about it with uh, Marcus Boudelier earlier on this yes. season when he was on the beat writer for the Frontenaxes. Kingston will pro- probably – well, them and Sault Ste. Marie, obviously, are probably the two teams that have the best shot to, to do jump that. Of course, Kingston was the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. They did technically play the too. playoff spot, even though they were tied with Niagara. Yeah, North Bay possibly – could make that jump, although I see them up around five, six, possibly even seven, depending on how the other teams go. But you think about the conference standings and we're just running out of time in this segment. So I'll try and make this a little bit quick, but uh, you had mentioned London, Saginaw, Kitchener and Flint top four in the West last year. Windsor was off the mark by six points behind the Flint Firebirds, the Spitz finishing uh, in fifth place. And then you look at the Eastern conference, you've got Ottawa, Peterborough, Oshawa and Sudbury and the Barry Colts were back behind the Sudbury Wolves uh, by six points for the fourth spot. And that's not a very small gap if you're looking yeah. at trying to make a jump up. And obviously, you know, a shortened season, you didn't play all 68 games. Teams missed it by five, six, seven, eight games, depending on how many you had obviously played and how many days off you had. But um, it's, it's not going to be easy. And in a 40-game season, it's going to be like baseball. It's a sprint. There's no oh, time for, oh, uh, we had an off day. Oh, that that's all right. No, you can't if you do that. Start,
0: if you start 500, 10 and 10, you're out of it. You're out of it. If you start 500, yeah. you have to be at least, you probably have to be 15 and five to be in it, like to be legit. And I mean, I don't think yeah, it's yeah, around, around
1: the 15 and five, 13 and seven window. I yeah,
0: think. 13 and seven, you're borderline. I think you're in the eight spot. I think you're in that eight spot because I know it's going to be tight because yeah. there's so many teams that aren't going to make it.
1: Well, and you look at how many losses these top two teams had last year. The Ottawa 67s, they only lost 11 games last year, whereas top team in the Western Conference, London Knights, only lost uh, 15. Uh, in the Okay, start. 17 if you include overtime and yes. shootout and 12 for the 67s if you include mm-hmm. that one shootout loss. But that's still not a very big margin. And again, like you said, 500, if you're 10 and 10, that's two off the pace of the 67s through 62 games last year, yeah. and it's seven off the pace of the Knights, again, through 62 games. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty evident that it, if you're not scoring goals and you're not playing defense early, your record's going to show that you don't really have a shot.
0: You don't really have time to get used to it, and I think that's what the problem will be with Kingston. I think Kingston's start might be five hundred or so, maybe hopefully, I think a little bit over five hundred because I think they'll be they're talented enough to win a lot of games. Yep. But once they get over that hump, they'll be fine. But this year, you don't really have time to get over the hump. I mean, twenty games, you're halfway through the season. That's nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. a couple months now. It's that's Christmas, right? It's yeah. like starting. It's literally like starting from first game back from world juniors to the finish. It's going to be a sprint. And for the London Knights, the London Knights have had a couple of years now where they've started off 500 or less. They haven't started off too good. It's so important for them to start off over 500. Oshawa generals will be like that as well. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder with the eight teams, I wonder if you could see a team that might be a surprise all of a sudden come in, have a good start. And possibly make the playoffs in that eight mm-hmm. spot. I mean the Toronto Blue Jays did them baseball. The Miami Marlins did them baseball. Yep. I'm wondering if you might Miami, see the Miami odd Marlins team.
1: did it with how many players? Like 60
0: different players? Yeah. I'm wondering if you're going to see a lot of different guys, like if you're gonna see a different team that you thought would be in that. Top eight, no problem. Not make it. And a team that you said, no, they're not going to make it. Make it. I wonder if there's going to be a lot of surprises with this shortened season. Because it's up to starts. It's up to a quick start. I mean, I don't think the Barry Colts are going to be bad. I mean, Brant Clark should have a good year. I'm nice wondering about Barry. be back? I think. Yeah. I'm wondering about Barry. I think Barry's no slouch. I mean, Hamilton's good. Ottawa's going to be good. Oshawa's going to be good. The East is tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll Sun- be Sunbury it'll be won't be awesome. bad.
0: Sudbury won't be bad. Sudbury's not going to be a bad team. North yeah, Bay definitely. will be bad. I well, mean, we'll
1: see. I think that whole decision in Sudbury has to do with whether or not the LA Kings keep Quentin Byfield yeah. or not. Because if he doesn't, then I could see possibly not a fire sale, but um, a couple key pieces being moved around.
0: Well, they sold out all last year too, right? At the deadline. I mean, getting Picard was huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, we'll see where... Out of time on this segment went a little long, but uh, I'll just throw one point out there uh, to finish her off. The 40 game schedule runs through February 4th to Saturday, May 8th. That is a total of 94 days. Um, yeah. So 40 games in 94 j- days. I'll just let that sink into everyone also, listening here. And uh, as we head to break, we'll tee up the want next the quick, segment.
0: uh Do you want the quick uh, exhibition games and stuff? Memorial cup, June 17th to 27th. Uh, the OHL season concludes May 16th. Um, the exhibition schedule, one or two exhibition games, January 29th to 31st. And right into the season. Uh, also there was no talk about the U S teams because I mean, that's out of their control right now. As Dave Branch, mentioned, Dave, the commissioner, Dave Branch mentioned that on their, uh, on the night, on the Friday nights with Mike Stubbs, he mentioned that earlier that, uh, right now it's out of their hands so they can just take what they can get at this point. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, there's a lot of time left and so we'll get into that next segment.
1: Yeah. He was also on, uh, on TSN 1050. Yeah. That was good on, uh, on Friday morning with Carlo Koliakovo and uh, Michael Landsberg. So if you didn't see that, just head over to uh TSN 10 Twitter page. They've got the link, even TSN 1050.ca. They'll have the link for you. You can listen to it and get we the uh, commissioner's well. thoughts. Yeah. We tweeted out. So uh, head to our Twitter at the own 60 podcast. Uh, and uh, listen to it if you already haven't
0: really good, really good. Highly suggest you do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, our thoughts on M- Lisa McLeod's comments. Also Doug Ford issued a statement on this issue. Well, just a few hours after Lisa McCloud had her say on what she thought about the subject, Colin, trying to hold something back in here. He's going to wait till the next uh, segment to say it. So we'll get into all of that. And of course our debate who gets the Memorial Cup or who is a better fit to have the Mem Cup? I fight for Oshawa. Colin fights for Sault Ste. Marie. So that'll be our final segment of the show. But uh, again, coming up after the break, the provincial thoughts from the politicians and what we think about their comments. That's all next here on the Owen 60 Podcast.
0: This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL.
1: Welcome back to the own 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani, along with Colin Ward You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at the own 60 podcast. Of course, they've got the link to our website there as well. So go check it out uh, again at the own 60 podcast and segment number two this week. We really wish we could have guests on because we missed doing that, but, uh, This week, we are talking about politicians and politics and hockey and how they mix together. And uh, we'll start by just reading out the quotes um, from all of the tweets that have come out from, you know, Lisa McLeod and Doug Ford and uh, even David Branch. So uh, I'll start with uh, originally because of this topic that came up. It started with Lisa McLeod, the sport minister um, in the province of Ontario. Again, this is from Rick Westhead. I'm getting all of his tweets and um, his continuing work on this story. Uh, Lisa McLeod telling him that they agree to the rules or they don't play. It's not a negotiation. And, of course, wow, trying to act like big and tough there, Lisa McLeod. Wow, that worked really well, didn't it? roasted. Um, yeah, and then uh, this tweet came from Ryan Kennedy It's an official response from the OHL on the minister of sports comments about body checking. The OHL says until such time as we arrive at an agreed upon return to play protocol with the government of Ontario, the league will have no further comment on the matter of body contact. And wow, we got a lot out of that, didn't we? And then, uh, Mm -hmm. and then this is a quote from David branch when he was on, uh, TSN 1050 with Michael Landsberg and Carlo Koliakovo. Again, go to our Twitter account at the own 60 podcast. If you hadn't heard it, uh, we've got the link up there. Uh, David Branch says that uh, McLeod's door has been opened. Her energy, enthusiasm, and passion is unquestionable. We're very fortunate. So actually that's really good to hear the fact that she's coming out and saying this, but it's a little bit, little bit different um, in terms of, what's actually happening behind closed doors. And then uh, here's Doug Ford's tweet uh, following her most recent uh, comments and tweets. And um, after the OHL announced the February 4th start date, Doug Ford tweeted out, we are engaging with the OHL to create a safe return to play plan, which will need to be approved by health experts to date. No decisions have been made. I would like to see the OHL return as normal as possible with body checking. So Lisa McLeod and Doug Ford not talking to each other? Are they just talking to each other and saying one thing, but then they're going somewhere else and saying another thing? Like, is this big brother with these two? Like, um, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, Colin, what are your thoughts on all of these tweets and thoughts and um, not allegations, but... um, kind of suggestions, I guess, from these politicians.
0: I mean, it's politicians. I mean, I try not to get into that game too much, but I mean, I just think first off, I believe you kind of got to take what you can get at this point. I get it. No hitting really sucks. It's in my opinion, it's not hockey, but at least you got hockey in the same, you still get hockey. And I mean, you get your guys, you get your players playing, fans get to watch their favorite teams play. I mean, we get to, I mean, we get our, we get to do our stuff. (laughs) So I hope that, uh, that happens soon, but I believe that I don't think they really communicated too well. I've heard that, uh, apparently this decision was made through a doctor and I know, and I kind of believe this, but I've also heard that there's been stuff going on that with hockey, she wasn't even really involved in hockey. So I think, I kind of think that she's thinking nine type like 1990 type hockey, like, (laughs) <laughs> Tough, big physical hockey because <laughs> honestly honestly when i heard that like what else can i think of Or what else can you think of i mean to actually body check a guy it's bang bang like we did the average i watched 20 periods since our last show and it was 1.5 seconds each hit in the 20 periods each body check that and i can keep track of with that's the from initial
1: like point of contact
0: yeah 1.5 so that's bang bang yeah. So at least, and again, if you're, uh, you're not hitting like with
1: your breath, you're not breathing on people yeah. as you hit them.
0: Well, the face off was 33 seconds, which was bizarre to me. I didn't expect it to be that long. Yeah, and that's that that's with that
1: wh- that's whistle to drop of puck,
0: whistle to drop of puck. Yeah, so I was thinking maybe, maybe a hybrid face off. We we mentioned this yesterday about like maybe a lacrosse style face off. Yeah, two, where you just the, start two in, <laughs> the, two, the two centers come in, the re- two centers come in, linesman comes in, drops a puck. Wingers are out wide. Defense are back off the blue line a little bit further than usual. Yep. Everyone's spread out. There's no sticking, jabbing. It's kind of like in Europe how when the the lines in the face off that are more wide. The wingers aren't beside each other at all. Yeah, and you you'll actually use those and, lines
1: for what they're meant to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That In Europe, that, I mean, that's what they do. They don't go over that line. <laughs> they get yeah. called. I mean, then they wave them out. Yep. So I think you'll be six feet wide. The two wingers will be six feet wide. The centers come in. Boom, goes nice yeah. and quick. The hitting to me is bizarre. I don't like it, but at this point, you kind of got to take what you can get. I really hope that's not true about the decision about not knowing the body contact or body checking is body contact, big, bad body checking. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, yeah, take out fighting, but you can't take out a uh, body checking. I mean, I know there's a lot of players upset about that as well.
1: Yeah. And that 33 seconds that you mentioned for the face-offs, that also included some draws that um, guys did get kicked out and whether or not some new protocols include, um, maybe not to specifics, but the linesman's being a little bit more lenient on guys jumping a little bit early. Whereas yeah. you know, they just drop the puck instead of, you know, one guy jumps, I'll wave you out and let's spend more time close to the players. And then oh this guy jumps, So no, we got to kick him out too, where it's yeah. more just, you know, drop the damn puck and let's play hockey.
0: Yeah, let's go. And I think that's what they'll do for the face-off part. They'll have to be continuous. It'll so be quick. I mean, and that's fun for games. The games won't be as boring. There's not going to be stop and go for that long. I mean, it's going to be, let's go, line change, go.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't have, you don't have the extra 10 seconds to match the lines. I mean, get going. Make yep. the decision. It's called uh, quick thinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I emailed I email Lisa McLeod. Hopefully, we get a response for a Zoom meeting. That'd I can't be believe you did one. that.
1: That's funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I want to know for the league. I mean, this affects every player. I mean, it affects our listeners. It affects everything, what we cover. So I believe that I hope that she answers the email and I hope I just sent it this afternoon, Monday afternoon. So yesterday afternoon, I sent it. So hopefully that either today or tomorrow we get a response and yeah. maybe next Monday we have a zoom call with it. Oh, I man. mean, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, That'd I want to know wild. that. I kind of just want to know our answers. I mean, if you're going to make a decision that big, I want to know what the thought process is and how quick it was. I mean, yeah. it was October when she made the decision, right? It was October. You have yeah. So February much time. 4th, January, January 23rd is the training camp.
1: Yeah. You had
0: a lot of time yet. You know? I mean, th- and then to go on Twitter on Darren Drager, the OHL insider, Darren Drager, when you go on his uh, Twitter and you see that, like when she says, Oh, they're not done yet or whatever. And then you have, Oh, no, this is done. I don't like that too much. I mean, it's not even November yet. That's yeah, what, yeah. that's what really hurt well, me. It is no not November. Process- yeah. Well now it is, but <laughs> when she made the decision, it yeah, was not, yeah. but I mean, you still got a lot of time either way. You got a lot of time, make that, you don't have to do that. I, I kind I hope it's not a power trip, but I kind of feel that it is because when the premier gets involved like that and says yeah. he wants hitting, I believe there's going to be a lot of change going on. So maybe I won't get the email back because she'd be busy with Doug Ford. Yeah. So. But hopefully well, that will be an entertaining Zoom call for us.
1: I mean, the government's had a tough time, as it is, trying to navigate all of this. Doug Ford's been doing press conferences every day for how long? Like, Yeah, um, how can we
0: get in on that? <laughs> <laughs> we need, I want to get in uh, there and ask the question. Work,
1: work, work for CTV.
0: <laughs> I so badly want to get something in there like and that. ask the question about this body checking thing because that's why I really want to talk to her. Because if you're going to make a yeah. decision, you should have to say something. That's the way the world works. If you make a tough decision, you gotta say something. I mean, you can't just well, hide I mean, it on your screen. You gotta say
1: it. Well, I mean, uh, David Branch's, Branch had a chance to go on TSN 1050. Yeah, Do you think Lisa Note McLeod there. maybe does that she once? She has once? to.
0: She has to. Oh, sixty podcast next week. Yeah. <laughs> Knock <we'll>, on wood.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Not sure, but uh, um, yeah. Again, it's you know February 4th for the start date. The uh, end of you know, last two weeks of January. It's got a we lot got of time. time. Like it's yeah, not like gotta, it's tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. Or still December, which I'm kinda of mad. December first, like training camp would be like two Fun. weeks away. And you know, we'd be we'd be going. We'd be like, Oh, let's go. Like we'd be we'd be yeah. flying high. Gotta wait. It, gotta wait next um, month. because of the way COVID cases have been going. And I think there were – in Brantford here, 17. I think that's a record for ever like since COVID started yeah. in Brantford. And uh, so locally for me, it's not too good. Obviously where I live and where you live, there are no <laughs> OHL teams in Delhi or Brantford. Within, <laughs> not yet. 60 effect. Um, Hello. Civic center. Not special. Sure. The we'll, Gretzky we'll be, center sucks.
0: We'll be calling play by play for that.
1: Yep. First year. Sure. Dibs on play by play. All good. <laughs> You'll be the color guy. <laughs>
0: Ricky Redmond's. Uh, I'm going to see I, you later. I, hey, I, I, I just drop lines. Bang, 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 bang. It's, like, it's like the Denver Bronco comeback yesterday. Yeah. Had to bring that well, up. The
1: Steelers won too, so I don't care. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't be color commentary anyways because I'm colorblind, so, you know, it doesn't really work. I got you. So that's false I got advertising. You.
0: But, <laughs> it's, a team. it's a team game. Um, team game.
1: Yeah, and even – and I know not too many people have been talking about this, but as I've thought about it uh, a couple of times, and I know players will say, no, this is dumb. And I think it's dumb too, but I've seen videos all over Twitter and Instagram. I think it's the university of Maine. I could be wrong, but uh, during practice, their players have been wearing masks.
0: Yeah. So, and again, who the Bauer, hell
1: wants to do that, but well,
0: it- I believe it's Bowie or CCM, one or the other yeah, they've the come out They've ones. come out with a mask for your helmet and your goalie mask, which I think is brilliant. I mean they got like the Do vent, you really need like, one ventilator for your goalie mask though Net front, you might want one. Referee communication. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would affect tough. you so much. It would affect you so much with the mouth guards, because yeah. so many guys chew their mouth guards <laughs> and force you to keep know, your mouth right? guarded. To I to mean, it wouldn't fall it. on the ice. Yeah, I've had stayed, that problem but before. It would be still... Oh yeah, that's tough. Right? Get the stick, <laughs> especially when you're in the bench that falls over. You gotta get the stick. Yeah, who's hop over? Yeah, grab that feet, happened boys. a couple times. <laughs> Too many men. Yeah. <laughs> Too many men. Because <laughs> you had to hop on the ice to grab your mouth guard.
1: No, <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, like wearing a mask while playing hockey
0: is not ideal. But I don't think it's that bad though. I think you kind of gotta do it. Take what you can get. Yeah, like the, but
1: not all of them but a number of baseball players wore them while they were playing. And again, baseball, there's a lot of standing around waiting mm-hmm. for the next pitch, you know, getting ready. Pitchers didn't wear them. Although Gonsolin for the Dodgers was wearing one around his neck. How the hell do you pitch with that? But anyways, yeah. Um, better than,
0: better than, uh, than on your face though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't even think you'd be able to use it because the ump could have been like, well, that's a distraction. Take it off.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a but, I don't like but, those distraction
1: things. Um, A Totally different sport, but they had to go through it. Uh, I don't think they did in Japan baseball, or no, that was Korean baseball they had on ESPN. I I didn't see anyone except obviously the coaching staff and the trainers, but um, does that become part of the safety protocols where maybe not the players, but the coaches, the trainers, the uh, front office staff, obviously, because they'll probably be in the stands anyways – Anyone behind the bench that's not a player will have to have one on. And oh, for
0: sure. I, I could it's see a backup
1: goalie having to have one on.
0: Yeah, for sure. What happens? If they just keep their mask on, sitting like the tunnel. Yeah, I mean the NHL. I mean, guys are never on the bench. I mean, they are, but I mean, they are. But the some side. buildings
1: they aren't. Some buildings they're yeah. off, like Madison Square Garden and the Bell Center. I don't think they're on the bench.
0: Yeah, they'll go ball cap. They'll go ball cap and uh, mask for sure. Yeah. you got to do it
1: think they'd also limit the amount of coaches and, you know, amount probably of trainers, people behind probably, the bench.
0: Probably trainers will have to sit. I mean, one trainer will be on the bench that will be you'd in have charge. To of have the, one. And then, well, would that trainer have to be good with the sticks then like equipment manager as well?
1: I think you'd have to do one of each. So
0: yeah. Say, so they need to have like, three coaches, three yeah. coaches, and then two, uh, one trainer and then one equipment manager. Yeah. And then yeah. your other trainers are down by the door or, just waiting. If something happens, you need to fill in.
1: Yeah. So like say in Niagara, for instance, it's perfect. Uh, so oh, it's, yeah. Niagara's got three coaches. Anyways, they usually have their trainer manning one of the doors. They have their equipment manager right by the sticks. Then you send everyone else to the Zamboni door and, mm-hmm. to, you know, be around that area. Whereas the visiting team in Niagara, they've got a separate entrance from where their bench is. So you have those uh, people there, And you know your three coaches, your trainer, head equipment guy on the bench.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean most coaches, most teams only have three coaches on the bench, anyways. Yeah. I don't think that'd be a factor. As long as you have a mask on, the queue was pretty good. It was distance. They had mask on. Yep. It was fine.
1: Yeah, and it's not like baseball either, where you can just stretch the bench out longer and just build like yeah. Some of these are like
0: yeah. Some of these arenas, there the visiting bench is pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. Dressing rooms as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's, that's why I don't think share venues. Three, you could ultimately
1: do two dressing rooms for the road team.
0: Yeah, that's why I think it's hard to share venues. Yeah. That way oh, that's yeah. What, yeah. you can't that's it. It. there's no way. Yeah. That's why because I know Niagara's tight underneath there. I don't know how they could do it. No, they I, couldn't. Ice dogs can't share their home dressing room with the with the Erie otters. They don't have them in the visiting no room. No way. In the basketball there. I don't know. And you can't come I don't to the know building. about
1: basketball. And I think
0: they have I don't think those community want.
1: dressing rooms.
0: Yeah. And I don't think you would want them coming to the, like, by the refs room just because of the penalty box area and stuff. I know Kitchener's kind of off to the side. There's room to go out on that door if you need yeah. to. But now you can come out through the corner. So it's not as bad now. Yeah. But yeah, so
1: uh, obviously yeah. those are details that still need to be addressed. Um, and we'll see when that happens. Again, February 4th, the start date for the OHL. And uh, if you want to hear something interesting about fans, so on November 1st, so this past Sunday, Rick West had tweeted this out. Uh, Yokohama in Japan had a full house of fans at uh, at one of their baseball games.
0: That's good to hear.
1: Japan's population is obviously bigger than Canada's. It's three times the amount of Canada. so...
0: That's good to hear just to let you
1: know on the world stage in terms of fans.
0: That's good to hear. I mean, that's kind of where this started. I mean, so hopefully it it was a uh, 32,000.
1: Yeah. 32,000 fans, uh, was a sellout in Yokohama.
0: Yeah. That's good to hear. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah. It'd be nice to get some fans over here. Also, uh, I want to give a quick, uh, shout out before we go to break, uh, Jonah D. Simone on his Instagram story is going to work. You want to see Marco Rossi's workout? Look at this guy with the push ups there. <laughs> and the weight. Wow. Quick uh, shout out, former uh, guest on the show. Just want to shout that out. Everyone shouts out Marco Rossi's workouts. Check that guy out.
1: Yeah. Good old Jonah. Love that guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Beauty. Yeah.
1: All right. When we come back, the debate finally gets underway. Who is uh, better suited to host the Memorial my Cup?
0: You, better mute my you, mic you here,
1: Mike. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so I make the case for the Oshawa Generals. Colin no makes worries. the case for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Yeah. We will do that to wrap up the show here on a Tuesday on the Owen60 Podcast.
0: This is the Owen60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen60 Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome
1: back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese along with Colin Ward and the long awaited debate begins.
0: Uh, welcome to
1: the Oshawa or Sault St. Marie. Who is better fit to host the Memorial cup? And we will start with <laughs> amenities, accommodations, hotels, restaurants in proximity to the arena. And Colin, you will kick things off with uh, how it all looks in Sault Ste. Marie around around the rink.
0: Well, Sault Ste. Marie has three hotels and three restaurants within a block of the arena. So, I mean, they've all had a tough year with COVID. How about 2021? You help them out, give them the, you give Sault Ste. Marie the mem cup. And you have a perfect opportunity here to attract fans out in that market in Sault Ste. Marie with being a border town. You have, I mean, multiple restaurants, you have multiple hotels, plenty of hotel rooms, three hotels is enough for teams. It's enough to get around. And it's its own little hub there, which is perfect to host a mem cup in a year like 2020, 2021. It's perfect, place to host it in my opinion i mean you get the three hotels three restaurants they're all in a block within a block of the arena which is perfect for to host a mem Cup.
1: yeah and oshawa i think it's it's pretty close to the same you've got the la quinta inn and Suites, which is pretty much right there next to the arena um in terms of other places you could throw them you've got the holiday inn express and suites uh just across uh was it king street and bond street in downtown oshawa and then also brought up uh, how we were talking in Sarnia, the possibility of a bubble, I guess, for all of the teams around the Sarnia area, like the Windsors, obviously Sarnia, uh, Flint, Saginaw, London, possibly. Um, in Oshawa, they've got Durham College and Durham mm-hmm. College isn't like Lampton where it's, you know, right next to the arena and you could just walk from the dorms to there. Durham college is about 10 minutes away from the tribute community center. Uh, So just over six kilometers. And uh, that's an easy bus trip right downtown Oshawa from Durham college. Um, I think that would be a pretty ideal spot to have players in terms of having enough space. And again, that would be probably two to a room depending on the type of dorm.
0: Is it going to cut you off? That's
1: awesome. So K K, K Trump, (laughs) where where's that's my awesome. two minutes
0: <laughs> set the timer i was actually supposed
1: <laughs> to have it running for the segment but oh well <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's two minute timer for each <laughs> oh I'm glad that this is going on the highlight reel All right <laughs> <laughs> let's go colin what, what what did you have to in sault st marie st marie has three hotels a block within the arena if so, you need so a bottle, you're gonna have them that's walk. your place
1: so what are you gonna do have them walk with the rest of the it's, obvious, it's with in the, the rest parking the lot. Product.
0: It's in the parking lot. There's a Holiday Inn on one corner, right across the road. You can just go right in the back door of the arena. Boom, you're there. Just walk across the street. You know, I mean, you can jaywalk if you need to, but it's right there. It's right <laughs> See there. See a it's cop
1: like, come out of the blue.
0: <laughs> it's like a minute. It's like a minute walk. It's like a minute walk across the hotel front door. Okay. Turn right. Boom. Arena's right in your face. Perfect. Nothing better than that than a, for a bubble. Yeah, but.
1: In COVID times, is that really separated from the rest of the general public? Whereas if you put them on campus of a school, there would still be students,
0: but not a walk. You, you got to go longer to the venue. So you just throw them in a bus. It's yeah, probably I mean, the same
1: distance, money though. maybe a money little, little bit longer, bus money. the same distance from the exhibition where the top four teams in the Eastern Conference were staying, as we learned from Connor McMichael to scotia bank arena pretty much the same maybe a little bit longer
0: yeah I but mean, it doesn't
1: have downtown toronto traffic
0: you can still bust i mean across the road but i just think it's a lot faster well, and that'd lot be affordable that'd be a lot more <laughs> a lot, well, yeah i mean a lot more affordable i don't know would it be customers.
1: more affordable college dorms hotel rooms in
0: downtown you gotta run a college college is gonna take something for it too well, obviously, hotel you're going to pay for in it. The GTA. But are you going to
1: pay $125 a night yeah, for a I dorm mean, room? Probably I not. Mean, it's all the market, though. I just think that's. The, <laughs> I just think that college is better for COVID in well, terms of putting too. the for players the where atmosphere. they
0: are. For the junior atmosphere, it is. But I just think it's a perfect uh, setup it's, in Sault Ste. You May. know, it's junior hockey. It's a perfect setup, <laughs> in my opinion, in Sault Ste. Okay. Next question. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I just start laughing. That's going on my highlight reel. It's just the interruption to start laughing. Totally opposite of Donald Trump. Totally opposite. I interrupt you with a laugh.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Um. Okay. So let's go venue next.
0: Perfect. Yep. You up first, this one?
1: Sure. I can start first. Uh, so the Tribute Community Center, and we can like rope attendance into this. We'll count this as mm-hmm. attendance because okay. pretty much the venue. Um, the Tribute Community Center was built on, well, broke ground June 22nd, 2005. It opened November 3rd, 2006. So roughly 14, it'll be 15. Eh, just about 15 years old. actually, November 3rd. That's today. Ho, ho, anniversary, 14 years. How about that? Ooh, Happy little birthday. little tie in there. Um, for hockey, without standing room, it holds 5180. And with standing room, it holds just over 6,000 at 6125. And again, by that time, we may be able to have fans uh, attend games. Even in the, you know, for OHL games, we may have fans uh, attending games in say March or April. We don't we don't really know it depends on um, how covid is doing at the time but 6125 so we'll say what are we going to do 25% 15% uh 25 it was before yeah so minus 25% that is wrong <laughs> <laughs> i have the list
0: i had okay. the list yeah so you I...
1: did have the list um, I, for some reason, I cannot figure out math today. But 61.25 minus 25%. So 25% of 61.25 is 1,531. And that's, again, that's including standing room. So I think Sorry. that makes it a pretty, pretty decent venue to hold a good number of fans. It's an it's a pretty modern arena the suites level is very um is very uh, like updated it's new uh, i actually got to sit in the suites level for the uh um ice dogs general series in 2019 so that was pretty sweet because the press box well not press box the uh, radio booth you know pretty tight but anyways um you know it's updated it's got an extra rank as well attached to it which you depending on which way you go, you have to walk through to the media room, which by the way, great food in the media room in Oshawa. So that's another bonus, but
0: (laughs) I'm getting buried.
1: Um, (laughs) It's, it's one of those buildings that. Not necessarily built for an event like this, but it's got the seating for it. It's got the facilities in terms of the uh, dressing room and the equipment inside the rooms and the training rooms and, Just the amenities for it. And again, it's not a quick commute where you could, you know, hop on a bus for two minutes or walk for a minute and get there and just go for a practice on the extra ice. But that extra ice sheet does help with um, getting teams adjusted and on the ice and ready to play for the tournament. So that's the only downside. And I'm not going to mention it unless you bring it up, but everyone knows. We, we've said it a number of times what the downside is in Oshawa and uh, we'll see if Colin brings it up
0: well yeah first off uh, Oshawa is very close to Toronto where the most cases are okay we're Ontario. talking about the venue in Ontario and that's and not even what no, I was talking and there anymore. and there is no press box in or in, damn it oh. <laughs> <laughs> they found you hey there's I mean, a press row <laughs> I mean you need a press box to host an MC you need a press box to host an m Put it in. Sault Ste. Marie, a 4,928-seat arena, the GFL Memorial Gardens, uh, 25% capacity, 1,232. It's not that far off from Oshawa. It's 1,295. You can discard that. I think that Sault Ste. Marie, they put that renovation in. Sault Ste. Marie, you need to host an m you need to do it. If you, host, if you put that renovation in, Windsor did the same thing. Windsor got it. Sault Saint Marie just did it, I believe. What renovation
1: did. did Windsor do?
0: The new sound. Oh. They did the sound effect. Wow. I mean, it's a hey, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. I mean, it makes the game okay. sound better. Okay. So there you go. Sault Saint Marie. Sault Saint Marie did Sault-Saint-Marie less. Sault Marie actually did something to the building. Yeah. Yeah, they did more. Windsor built a new barn. N- a and number of years before they got the memory. And forgot and forgot to put NHL sound. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty on. bad, eh? With <laughs> the I believe, right across. Yeah. That's a Windsor
1: thing, though. That's yeah, that's so that's
0: I mean. I think that Sue it's a great spot to have it. Capacity, they got a press box, they just put the new scoreboard in that looks great. New sideboards too. It looks I mean it looks minor NHL arena. Doesn't it looks like top eight in the OHL, probably, probably higher. We haven't been there yet, so it's hard to what, judge it.
1: What, what's the sweet situation like compared to Oshawa?
0: It's around, it's around the same. It's around All the, the same. way around? It's close. It's close. I mean, it's fine. Oshawa's I mean,
1: got a restaurant too. So I'll add that again, whether that helps or not, you have to yeah, have a I limited mean, amount of people in that anyways.
0: Yeah. But- I mean, Sault Ste. Marie has three around, right? They have three around the arena. And, I mean, during the, the game. it's not in the arena, no, so, you know. And yeah. there's going to be a lot going around anyways during the game, right? I mean, during that week, there's going to, to be a lot of stuff going on around that arena. Yeah. I mean, Mem Cup Village. Well, right? I
1: mean, both both places. Oshawa could, you know, Yeah. easily I mean, be having
0: – They'll
1: have a Mem Cup. Uh,
0: I think uh, that uh, –
1: Maybe not Village, but – They'll have a Mem Cup area. Well,
0: yeah, but you want that hometown hockey type feeling for the Mem Cup. I mean, you want to have you want to create a grassroots market. I mean, talk about getting everybody involved. You have a market. Player interactions would be good in Sault Ste. Marie as well. But knock on wood, there is player interactions by then. So hopefully. Mm-hmm. And plus the borders right across the road. Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan's no stretch, right? I mean, it's a hockey market. I mean, Jeff Blasto, the coach of Detroit Red Wings, was from there. So, I mean, they have a hockey That's roots. hockey route. They have one of the oldest arenas doing in, in uh, America. Yeah. Head scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a better job than he can. Um,
1: okay. On to point number three. Colin, you can go first on this one. Location. And you kind of got into it a little bit. Perfect. Um, the location of these cities.
0: The location for Sault Ste. Marie is a perfect spot to host a M-Cup. I mean, you got the border, as I just mentioned there, that's an iconic hockey traditional market there in Michigan. You get that side of the yeah, border you, involved, you know this is too. Sault Ste. And Marie, you, Ontario, right? Well, that's what I'm getting to. When you <laughs> when you <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to make sure there's only three American teams, not four. Well, it's going to grow a market though for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, border, Buffalo Sabres, major a lot of fans, or are from Niagara Falls, St. Catharines. There's a lot of Buffalo Sabre fans from around here. I mean, it's close. I'm thinking the same for Sault Ste. Marie. You have the what a way to open the border up as well, right? You open the borders up, and then, boom, you have another market. You really tap into that market, Sault Ste. Marie. They really haven't had an opportunity to host anything major like this, so you kind of hope that they get their due to host something like that. I know Oshawa is going through the exact same thing where – they haven't, they've really haven't had the luck the last couple of years to really get that bid. I mean, they get outbid last year. And I mean, I believe that this year they probably have an opportunity to host at Oshawa. But I just think Sault Ste. Marie with their spot is perfect with all the space there and with the border. You can really generate two markets into one with the border, I think.
1: Okay. So in Oshawa, my argument is going to be you, you talk about Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan and bringing that, uh, trying to grow the market into the States. Yep. And obviously there's probably alumni as well. Yeah. There's a, okay. There's alumni. A,
0: yeah. Can,
1: can I finish Donald?
0: <laughs> Start your timer. <laughs> oh, wait, it's running. This is rigged.
1: <laughs> um, oh <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> so in, in Oshawa, I look at what they've got around there. They've got all the way up and down the 401, and I'm not going to say all the way because you get to some communities, and then they have an OHL team. So uh, in terms of Oshawa, you've got communities like Bowmanville and Clarington, which are just northeast of Oshawa. If you head uh, back west, uh, you've got Whippy, you've got Ajax, you've got Pickering, all of those communities that are north of Toronto, whereas you start to get into... Uh, Mississauga, Oakville, Burlington. Those, that's, those are all the Mississauga Steelheads fans. That's where they're from where you've got Scarborough, Pickering, Ajax, Whitby. Uh, like I said, Bowmanville, Clarington. Um, you've got a bunch of communities in this area. It's not just Oshawa. There's fans all around this area. And again, the 401 is huge for this because you can just hop on uh, whichever community you're living in. They're close together and, it's, it's an easy commute. You can get fans here easily to whether you have a Mem Cup uh, village or celebration or whatever you want to call it uh, to where the arena is right downtown. Um, I think it's just perfect. The 401 is just it, – it's clutch.
0: That's why the Mem That's Cup the village right is perfect for Sault Ste. Marie. Why? Because it's space. You have to bring your snowsuits you in have, June. You don't, have to, you don't have to go from miles away. It's right there. You have everything in that own little hub, Cup Village. It's right all there together. It's perfect, perfect spot. Cut who you off who said it? W- who said
1: it wouldn't be right next to Ashwa's Arena?
0: Eh, I mean, space. Who said it wouldn't be right next space. to the Tribute Community Center? I mean, where are you gonna put it? Downtown? What the? What? <laughs> yeah, but if there's room down there, space. I mean, it's more. There's more space in Sault Ste. Marie. That's all I'm saying. Why? Because
1: it's not a big hub suburban city like Oshawa is in the GTA. If they yep. consider that to GTA, I'm not a thousand percent sure.
0: I mean, plus the attendance, we'll get to that, the ticket pricing as well, but. Well, I, I mean, mean, I, I didn't even look at ticket pricing
1: because I didn't even look at ticket pricing because you can't compare regular season tickets to Mem Cup tickets.
0: I, I know, but when Oshawa is charging 30, 35 already. And... Oh my God. <laughs> you, you know, it'll be the CHL making the ticket prices, right? Yeah. For sure, it's a it's a memorial cup. Yeah, it's not the venue.
1: Won't be the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, that's topic number three in the books. Um, topic number four. What do you got, Colin?
0: Uh, competitive experience for the team roster. You can, you want me to go first? What? Team roster. Team roster construction as of now. Oh, they're constructed. Okay.
1: Oh, please be my guest.
0: I mean, you got Pitlick O'Rourke. You don't, really, you don't really have much you could say right now, to be honest, about the roster. It's just down here for a fill-in topic. I mean, what can you really say? There's rosters, a lot's going to happen yet. Nobody really knows what's going on with the upcoming season, right? So I think that uh, Sault Ste. Marie's roster has the capabilities of being good, just don't really know yet. Like how he said, they finished ninth place last year. Can they go from nine to four? We'll see, but I just think Pitlick, very underrated player. Ryan O'Rourke, the youngest captain, has a year under his belt now, like as a captain, so maybe that does something for roster. I mean, you want a team that has a better chance to make the playoffs and to legitimately compete hosting the M-Cup, so we'll see about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, my argument for the Oshawa Generals is that their defense is just... Gonna be unbelievable this year. They didn't have anyone yeah. graduate um from their team uh from last year. You look at Liam Whitaker, William Ennis, uh you got Giovanni Vellotti, who I loved in Kitchener, uh Leighton Moore, David Jesus, Mitchell Brewer, oh. and uh and Nico Gross, who is one of the imports. So he'll be here uh at the beginning of January. Whereas the OAs that did leave their team, you got uh, Brett Newman, Kyle McClain. And uh, and Cole Resnick. And of course, obviously, they were huge pieces to the Oshawa Generals and uh, the way they played last season. But I, I'm looking at that back end and even look at the goalies. Not sure if, you know, Jordan Coy or Zach Papasakis will be the guys they go with. I think that's a very solid duo that you could go with just because of, you know, Jordan Coy. He's drafted he's played in London he knows that pro mentality that big stage mentality and uh, cool. if Oshawa gets that mem Cup if he doesn't prove himself and we talked about this earlier on the first you know 15 20 games your record will have to be um, above 500 by at least four five six games uh, to be in contention for one of those top four spots but in terms of playing in and your goaltending, they got to be spot on Like the first five games in. If they're not, you're out. And the yeah. Oshawa Generals, they have either player. Obviously, Zachary uh, Papasakis didn't play the majority of the games last season, but uh, he's a 2001. Koi's a 2000, so Koi will be an overage goaltender. So depending if they move on from him or not and try and get a little bit uh, higher-touted goalie um is still yet to be seen but again with rosters tough to call it right now but that back end for Oshawa including the goaltending is just it's going to be really solid and especially Leighton Moore and uh Giovanni Velotti those guys are just unreal players
0: yeah yeah and I mean I I mean now that we're basically done the debate part uh yeah I'd agree with you I mean Oshawa is a lot more they're a lot more deeper than the Sioux Greyhounds are like. Let's be honest. I mean, what's Sioux Grey? What's the Greyhounds goaltending situation right now? I mean, Burke with the Czech Republic team. What goes on there? Do they get him back? Does he go, does he stay there? We'll see what happens there. Sioux Saint Marie has a lot more question marks roster at the roster standpoint than the Oshawa Generals do. Which I mean, is a huge factor. I mean, the CH like we said earlier, the CHL needs a team to be competitive, and I kind of said there like. They finished ninth place the Sue Greyhounds last year. Do they go up from nine to top four in the conference? Do they get better than a, a London Knights, a Saginaw Spirit, a Flint Firebirds? Are they even in the Western Conference? That's a lot of big questions yet for the Mem Cup. So that'll be interesting as well for Sue. But yeah, I'd probably agree with you. I think that the Oshawa Generals will get the Memorial Cup after all this. I think it's easier... I think it's the easiest decision right now for the CHL over Sault Ste. Marie, just because it's a perfect setup. You got the media close by in Toronto with Rogers. It's not far apart to where I think that that's the best setup right now. Oshawa financially and at a roster standpoint, it's a good spot. Although I would love to see Sault Ste. Marie get the Memorial cup just because of that village feeling, that small town hockey feeling would be so cool to see for Memorial cup. I mean, you want to have a Memorial cup where a West first Q game is actually filled. You want yeah. to have Memorial cups where games where it's not the host team playing where it's actually filled, which I think Sue St. Marie would be great. But another point for Oshawa is two OHL teams could possibly well, will be in the Memorial cup if Oshawa makes to the finals. So you have that which is very big,
1: which is a very good possibility they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Windsor Erie Memorial cup final is one of the better ones. I mean, that was one of the best Memorial Cup finals because they're in the same yep. the same conference in the OHL, which is another standpoint which I would really like about Oshawa. It's easier to get two fan markets from the OHL there. That extra market, it's easy yeah. to get to Oshawa. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. I mean, let's say let's say the Flint Firebirds go to the Memorial Cup. The border if the border's not open, their fans gotta go all the way around to yeah. Sault Ste. Marie. I mean, can you imagine that trip from Niagara? to Sault Ste. Marie or Niagara to Oshawa. I mean, it's easy. Every single market, basically every single team, it's easier to get to Oshawa than it is to get to Sioux for other fans. So I think that's another standpoint where the Oshawa generals are the favorites to get the Memorial Cup. I believe they will get the Memorial Cup, but I would just love to see that that old-time local hockey feel in Sault Ste. Marie. But other than that, it's very hard to go up against Oshawa, I think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you're making the case for Sault Ste. Marie. I'll just make one last point for Oshawa. Uh, yep. Their first round import pick, David, uh, David Mudrak or Mudrak yep. or however you pronounce that, uh, has the world junior experience and he's playing right now uh, in Slovakia. So far, through five games, he's got two assists. Um, he's with HC, I want to say Kosice or Kosice. Obviously, he's on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, that's who he's with right now. In the World Juniors last year, he had three assists in five games, four penalty minutes, so a little bit of grit to him. But uh, that's just the last point I'm going to make for Oshawa is that uh, uh, their import pick coming over has high, um, has high stage uh, experience, as I mentioned, with Jordan Coy. And more than likely, he'll be, uh, he'll be with Slovakia's U-20 team again at the World Juniors in Edmonton because he is a, uh, a 2001 born. So uh, he is able to, uh, able to play in this tournament.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, over my last point was overall post debate.
1: Yeah. 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 No, no, I know. And that I'm bringing up the roster for the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds just to look at some of the depth guys they have. And even an underrated guy, Billy Constantino. Yeah. Uh, The season he had in 2018, 19, the way he got moved around, you know, um, for he started the year in Niagara. He was part of that Jason Robertson, uh, Jacob Paquette deal with the Kingston Frontenac. So he finished out the season with Kingston and obviously it did not go very well for the Frontenacs. Uh, but you know, they've got a pretty good player in the draft by the name of, uh, you know, Shane Wright. But, uh, the next season starts with Kingston and then he gets traded to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and he really started to take off and he really started to be the player that, uh, Niagara expected him to be when they drafted him. Obviously when you, have the chance to get Robertson and Paquette together. You don't really pass that up too often. But um, I think for him, it's a matter of staying confident and just sticking to what he knows best, and that's just being able to handle the puck. And uh, I saw it in Niagara quite a few times. He did it a little bit recklessly, but um, the amount of plays he made, flashy plays, and, you know, a defenseman, he's got to be a little bit – yeah, you know, he's got to be a little bit more cautious with that. But if he does that in the right time and starts making high end plays like, you know, some of those flashy forwards would, then I can see him definitely yeah. being a top five point guy uh, among defensemen in the OHL just because of the season he was oh, coming man. off of and the amount of uh, confidence that he has coming into this season with um, O'Rourke as well. Yeah, you've got Ryan O'Rourke. I see that as a great top pairing. Yeah, good Jim that.
0: They have the top top three defensemen. They have the top three forwards. They just got to get more deeper. That's where the Oshawa generals are deep. But the big question for Oshawa is the Phil Tomasino effect. If If he's back, automatic. Automatic top 14. Automatic, I think. He's the best player in the league, in my opinion, Phil Tomasino. He can change a game like that. He's confident. He knows what he can do. And he knows when he's going to do it. So I think if Phil Tomasino is a big factor too. Unfortunately, the Mem will probably be announced before he oh, the oh decision. God, yeah. For so sure. Sure.
1: I expect so, an announcement yeah. like mid December in my yeah. opinion. I could see mid December. I think
0: just before I think just before World Junior start.
1: Yeah. You might you might see the, like the 20th or who knows even 20th. even before even it could be just middle of January just so they know that oh the OHL is actually going ahead and playing before. okay now we can announce it.
0: Yeah, once we know that the legit scheduled divisions, yep. once those line up, then right after that, it'll be close. It might be maybe even a day apart. Yeah. It's going to be very close. One uh, last point now. Yep. Uh, so uh, Chase Stillman has uh, departed for Denmark on loan. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Point. Uh, there. Good uh, is that the
1: Domino effect.
0: I think so. I mean, Logan Mayu. Or is that the, the first domino postcard. that
1: starts to fall?
0: Well, like we said last week, two weeks now, we've been saying we both believe that guys will be heading over to Europe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the last one. I know Europe's populated right now with guys from Canada and Ontario going over there to play junior. But I think if you are good enough, you will be able to go play there. No problem. Teams over there want to win as much as we want to win with imports coming over. So they will take the best players they can. But if there's a guy... In Ontario, this just a little bit better than our fourth line guy. In Sweden, we are not taking him because we can promote our own guy. We can produce him and have give our own local guy, a resident of our country, yep. a chance to make it. And I think that's the only thing that makes it tough. But I think I think there will be more. I mean, Logan Mayu to Sweden is a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. He was he on he's probably one of the best 16 year olds I've ever saw play out of junior high. And no exaggerate, when he's out there, he controls the puck. I've never saw a 16-year-old control the play like he does as a defenseman. Mm -hmm. I've never saw a 16-year-old run a top power play. It doesn't matter where, in junior hockey. It doesn't matter C, B, A. It does not matter. If you ever see a 16-year-old running a junior B power play, that's incredible. I mean, it's good hockey, junior B hockey. And I kept thinking that last year because he made it look so easy, junior B. And I'm like, is it actually that good or is it like – how close or is this it? the level? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's just solid. He gets it done and he didn't look bad with him last year either. And I think he's a top three guy, him and Bryce Montgomery, another one that possibly go on loan. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be another probably late first round pick as of now in the national hockey league next year, Bryce Montgomery. He's another good one that might may go over, but Logan may to Sweden is probably going to happen. I know the loan paperwork is in the works right now. So hopefully, yeah. uh, that gets out soon
1: well well in Stillman's case and this will help as well with other OHLers that have had dads or like uncles or you know play in the NHL with Chase he's got his dad Corey there and Corey I'm sure has connections everywhere so that helps it a little bit but uh, again if you're talented then those European junior clubs or probably even pro clubs will definitely welcome anyone that can help make their team better, even if it's just for a month or two. I just think
0: you have to be exaggerate. I think you have to be – I think you have to be like way better though to be able to get that chance because I know with their – country in the home countries like that, they desperately want to see their guys play and make it to the next level. So I think you really have to be – You have to be elite. The toe better. Yeah, you have to be elite to be able to go over. Yeah. And for Stillman, he's a great player. He was one of the he one of the best rookies last year. I mean, he got rookie of the year votes. So there's a guy. As now my phone goes off. I thought what I fixed it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I fixed that. A laptop. Oh well. So there's a guy though. He gets rookie of the year votes. In my books, he's one that probably had a lot of offers. But then again, Denmark. We'll see what kind of hockey that is. At least he gets a chance to play. Yeah. And also the thing with Mayu going probably Mark Hunter, Rob Simpson, two guys, well, Mark Hunter, Dale Hunter, two yep. very big guys in the hockey industry. Everybody knows who those two guys are. Those guys have connections, and I'm sure you'll see a lot of young Night guys have a chance to play in Europe just because of the, the connections, the Mark Hunter, Dale Hunter effect. Yeah. Yep.
1: I agree. So uh, that's two players anyways that have already, uh, let everyone know their intentions in terms of before the OHL starts uh, stillman and Mayu, Uh may you still not official yet, but I'm sure that'll come in the next couple of days or so. Yeah. But uh, um, just as we round it out, we will have a poll up on Twitter after you listen to our debate on who should get the mem cup, we will put up a Twitter who made the better case. Will it be <laughs> myself for Oshawa or Colin for Sault Ste. Marie? So that'll be up on Twitter as our show debuts on Tuesday, November 3rd at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, so I will put that poll up. Who do you think made the better case for which city? Hashtag,
0: hashtag Mem Cup Village. Yeah. Hashtag
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs> hashtag 401. <laughs> hashtag Big City.
0: Hashtag Play the Wings goalhorn. Horn.